0: Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services.
1: This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Martin Cohen, the CEO, and Graham smith bernal the founder and executive chairman of Opus2, a software and services company that supports lawyers around the world. Martin, Graham, how are you? Great. Good to see you. Well, it's nice to speak with you both. Martin, congratulations on your new role at Opus 2. Tell us about your background and this new role.
0: I guess I grew up as a technology guy. In the last 30 years or so, I've been working in the financial and technology market, so servicing financial institutions from trading systems to exchanges to middle and back office. And in all that, I've been working really through digital transformation, bringing those different areas much more up-to-date in use of technology and how they change their working practices and how they interact with their clients and using technology to the greatest advantage. I grew and successfully sold a company a couple of years ago. I then started working on some boards and finding things that were interesting to me and seeing new markets. And I found Graham and the team at Opus 2. And so I've been working with them on their board for the last couple of years, got to know them very well and understood a bit more about the legal technology space.
1: Graham, as the founder of the company, why is this the right time to appoint a new CEO? And what will your mission be as executive chairman? The company
2: has been growing very rapidly in the last five years or so. We've particularly done quite well during this period of COVID. The business is going to grow by 30, 40%. We're growing on pretty geographic fronts very rapidly. The United States, where we have something like 50% of the top 50 law firms in America on enterprise licenses with our software. The UK extending into Europe with international arbitration work. And also Asia, uh, very much pivoting around Singapore. So the business is growing. And like all businesses, I think we're up to about 150, 200 staff now. We need to strengthen the management team. So we have a very strong management team, but I'm getting older. I'm 63 on Sunday. So heading not to retirement, I'm still going to be very much involved. But we really need someone who can really take the business forward more hands-on than I'm probably going to be doing in the future. I'm going to be very much involved in the area where probably my key strength is around strategy and maintaining the culture, which is absolutely crucial to this company's success very much consultative, we're not really a vendor per se, we don't really employ salespeople. Timing-wise, it made sense. Martin's been with us for the last 18 months as a non-exec. I use the term, it's given us a chance to take him for a test drive and evaluate his skill sets. And it's very complementary. We have a lot in common in terms of how we do things. Our culture is very much about delivering service and investing in our relationships with our clients. Get that right and you become financially successful. That's really important. There's a very good cultural fit. Martin is the right guy for the role.
1: Do you find that successful companies follow that particular path of having a non-executive individual then transition into an executive role as a way to maintain continuity?
2: It's far less abrupt. A lot of things go wrong, particularly in a non-commodity market like this, where it is so nuanced, so specialist. What we do and our client base isn't commoditized. Law firms still behave very much as a mix of individual talents rather than one sort of unified corporate ethos, if you like. It is good because it does allow you to evolve and mature as a business and your management team, as opposed to an abrupt hiring. And then suddenly you might think that the person you're hiring has got the skill set and they might have that.
1: But actually, you find there's a misfit in terms of culture. Martin, what is Opus 2's growth strategy in the current market, particularly given the trajectory that Graham described?
0: It's very much carrying on doing what it's been doing for the last 10 years and how it's grown. Opus 2 really puts a focus on client service well above everything else. And that's absolutely critical in a market like this. So just the balance between that ability to focus absolutely on the client's needs and delivering value for them but also being able to see where the market is moving and seeing the innovation at the market level, that we can be right at the forefront of supporting our clients in the best way forward as it moves forward. So that's very much where Opus 2 has come from and what it does and what attracted it to me in the first place. And what we've seen really is a 10-year program in pushing towards more electronic interaction and removing paper and providing a better way to handle documents and manage and work together. And more increasingly, more electronic ability to collaborate and work efficiently across different parties. So really what we've seen in the current climate and with COVID and lockdown is quite often what happens in the digital transformation in any industry is things go in fits and starts. There are catalysts externally that cause big step changes. And COVID has been one of those where it's pushed people who may have been very reluctant to move away from paper and use electronic documents into a position where they had to start to use electronic documents and had to start to collaborate on an electronic basis. Overwhelming, not necessarily every single one, but the vast majority of feedback we've had and all that has been that it's actually easier, and that as they get used to the tools and how to do these things, they find that there are huge advantages for moving into that more digitally connected world. So the current climate we've very much seen has been an accelerator on the path that we've been on for some time. We had a 10-year R&D project to get ready for COVID. We just didn't know it was going to happen. But now we're moving faster down that path. We have an opportunity to expand on a whole pile of fronts, really to keep driving that ability for law firms to collaborate more efficiently, to put out better services for their end clients. The strategy really is around trying to do that. I think as Graeme was alluding to doing that more in parallel on more fronts now as we go forward and getting better and better at scaling the way that we do that innovation across the market. That's really where the strategy is coming from and the advantage of, I guess, on the board for 18 months with, and working closely with Graham and his team is they really believing and being aligned between us both in terms of what that strategy should be.
1: Graeme, how has the pandemic impacted the way Opus 2 supports its clients around the world?
2: If we go back all the way to the very first case that used our matter, that used our software, the Abramovich versus Berezovsky trial back in 2011, right back then, the participants to that hearing, some were physically attending, others were remote. So we have always had the ability in our platform to provide one seamless interface to enable the parties to hearings, to access, collaborate, manage all the key components of a dispute, whether it's the documents, the transcripts etc so when covid hit the only missing piece of the puzzle was video conferencing which is as you know very much a commodity so we effectively added that it's just the event of covid has really transformed the industry and the lawyers now no longer can just work with hard copy documents and even the last bastions of resistance to technology have the chasm, so to speak. We were talking about virtual hearings initially. Now we're more into the world of hybrid hearings, where you have some people physically present and others remotely. We just had to invest more and more in our infrastructure so that we can deliver the level of quality service that we've done to date up to COVID. Martin, when courts
1: around the world return to normal operations, how do you see them balancing virtual and hybrid proceedings?
0: We've been talking a lot to a lot of the parties in the court system and the partners involved in that. I think the range of things will happen. So some of the very simple hearings around case management or interlocutory hearings could easily just stay virtual and that it's actually more convenient for all parties to do a short, sharp thing like that. A lot of hearings are really going to end up being hybrid. So there will always be a need, I think, for people to be face-to-face for the really key front-end thing to understand body language, to see how people are presenting things and read the situation well. And there'll be a need for one or two people supporting them. But it gives a lot more flexibility for teams that now go to go to inter-hearings to have support sitting elsewhere that can provide them with information, can be tracking in real time, seeing transcripts, providing documents, giving insight or, or notes in those situations. So I think that both it will reduce the need for everyone to travel, particularly in things like international arbitration, where there was already a drive on going greener in those spaces. As law firms think about it, it'll give them a lot more flexibility to deploy their own expertise and talent from different regions, as is appropriate, into cases without the barrier of having travel there. So I think it's actually going to create a view where hybrid will become much more liberating for the firms to be able to support things in a more efficient way, but also way more effective. The ability to be virtually connected into something where there is a physical interaction and so that hybrid nature is going to become much more normal going forward and therefore the need for the tools that properly manage that collaboration, not just the videos you can see each other, but the whole collaboration of how you work together on documents and how you manage that flow and how you see transcripts, that is going to become more and more important as we go forward.
1: Grim, are there other sectors in which Opus 2 will be focusing in 2021? Absolutely. In fact, about three or four years ago,
2: a number of our clients approached us and said that they were making comments around the unique way in which we facilitate the creation of work product, making annotations across documents, transcripts, the way they're all linked, hyperlinked and stuff. And a number of our law firm clients were saying, why can't we extend our capabilities to other practice areas and address other use cases where, for example, teams of lawyers are doing due diligence across multiple document sets, analyzing contracts. So about three years ago, we started conducting pilots with a couple of our major law firm clients in the States. And out of that, this is very much in tandem with how we develop software, which is we work very closely with our law firm clients, not just to develop something that's rich in functionality, but really leverage and understands unique workflows around different use cases and stuff. That's where we've done that. We couldn't scale that up to the remaining number of firms that are on enterprise licenses and the broader market until we'd actually rebuilt the back end to the platform. So that is now being done, and we'll be releasing that second quarter of 2021. These are exciting times. As I say, it's not just the states; it's right across the globe. And we see our clients very much as partners. It's a partnership. We're learning from the different areas, the different dynamics within different markets, and we're developing the software accordingly.
1: Martin, how do you see the way lawyers use technology evolving?
0: The legal technology space having come from another market and seeing it is really fascinating. The desire on the front end of law firms to actually innovate and provide better services to clients and to be more competitive to each other is very strong. The market of innovation and small vendors in trying to do new things and being smart about deploying technology is great. What we see is almost missing in the middle of all that is the ability to connect things together, to allow law firms to be able to deliver innovation to their clients in a way that's safe and robust and secure. We will see technology get much more embedded into the process of how law firms provide services directly to their clients, that it becomes the way in which they do things and collaborate and deliver service and put all that together and allow visibility for the clients in the right areas. That will just get more and more embedded into the process of how things work. Key in that, I think, is enabling law firms to be able to take on those types of technology, deploy them quickly, be able to be very agile and personalize the service they put out to different clients in different ways that suit the needs of what the law firm is trying to do for them. The ability to use technology in a more business way, in the way that the law firm delivers their services out, I think that will be the way things change in the next few years as technology or the use of technology matures in this space. This
1: is Ari Kaplan speaking with Martin Cohen, the CEO, and Graham smith Burnell, the founder and executive chairman of Opus 2, a software and services company that supports lawyers around the world. Martin, Graham, thank you very much. Thanks, Ari. Thanks, Ari.
0: Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or Ari com to learn more.